0: Welcome to the To Be Blunt podcast, the Blunt County-based podcast discussing local sports. I just did that without a prompt.
1: That's impressive. I'm
0: so happy. Uh, I'm Troy Provo-Heron, joined by my co-host, Taylor White. Taylor, how's it going?
1: It's going good. I kind of got that Christmas Eve feeling. The next two days are by far the most fun days of the NCAA tournament, so getting ready to kick it off.
0: Yeah. um, We were not here last week. We tried I tried to get here before the SEC tournament I didn't actually try not at all well I had a busy Monday Tuesday and I left Wednesday and well, I didn't leave Wednesday I had a busy Monday Tuesday Wednesday and left Thursday sounds more like a priorities thing to me well I mean as much as I love this podcast Taylor and I really do enjoy doing this with you every week uh, it's not paying the bills currently and so not if you don't uh, not if you don't keep with it and so You know, if anybody is listening and wants to change that, I mean, we can we can make this happen. I'll do it every day if we need to.
1: After skipping a week, I don't know, might hurt.
0: But with that said, um, I know a lot of our listeners come here for the in-depth conversations on prep sports. But the fact of the matter is, I've been to one baseball game throughout the first two weeks of the season. Taylor's been to approximately zero baseball games. Exactly zero. And while I have uh, a, a general understanding of what's going on in the prep baseball scene i know very little about the softball scene i know absolutely nothing about the soccer scene and i really just couldn't even tell you where to start with tennis i don't know how much tennis we're going to cover here in the first place i have an idea (laughs) zero we might mention we might mention it in like spring fling
1: somebody's got to get to spring fling
0: yeah but i mean we might mention it if they do yeah
1: if you get to spring fling you get on the podcast that's motivation. Right? That's a good goal. Yep.
0: Um, either way, um, you know, if there's anything me and Taylor do take pride in, it's being able to have informed, uh, rational conversations about things. And it would just be very unfair for us to sit here and talk to you for, or try to talk to you for 15, 20 minutes about something we know absolutely nothing about. And so with that said, uh, we're going to hold off and try and collect our our. Our knowledge of all three of those big spring sports over the course of the next three weeks, while I travel the country and cover the NCAA tournament. And so, with that said, we're going to talk about Tennessee basketball here because they played in the SEC tournament, they're playing in the NCAA tournament, and I me and Tyler know plenty about that. So that's what we're going to talk about.
1: Have you gotten any comments on the fact that you say tournament? Instead of tournament, do people email you or, or anything? Um,
0: it's actually become a big thing in the media room. Um, Grant hates it. Grant Ramey of Two Four Seven Sports. Actually I would say
1: most intelligent. Hates people hate that it. I say
0: tournament. I actually looked it up. The correct pronunciation of the word is tournament.
1: That's how you lose friends.
0: I'm just saying when that
1: when you start looking it up to find the correct pronunciation, okay, that's when you lose friends.
0: A lot in a lot of my life, I have been wrong, and I am. I am always one of the first people to admit when I am wrong (laughs) because I'm wrong a lot. And I understand that I'm willing to, I'm willing to put myself out on a ledge and be wrong. I think that's, what's great about me. A lot of people, they play it conservatively. You know, if it's a 300, you know, if it's 300 yards to the pin, they're laying up and there's some water. I'm going for the pin. Um, but when that happens, sometimes I do put it in the water and when I put it in the water, I admit that I put it in the water. Um, and so I looked it up, and it is tournament. And I'm going to stand and die on this hill because it's tournament.
1: Who in your life says tournament?
0: I think You're... I'm just good with words. So your parents say and I see, tournament? I see T-O-U-R, which is like PGA Tour, Tournament, not PGA Turn.
1: Well, I'm just, so how does your dad pronounce tournament?
0: Oh, I have no idea. Okay. It's just the way I say it. Okay. But I was just
1: wondering if this was just you know a deep line – of incorrect and annoying just pronunciations w- wanna, or if you just kind of
0: went rogue. I want to be clear. I am correct here. I don't now, if people want to make fun of me for the way I say it correctly, that's fine. I'm cool with that. I've gotten – I'm telling you it happened every day. I get yelled at it in the media room, and I'm okay with that. Um, Grant yelled at me yesterday and told me that I'm not allowed to say the T word anymore. I have to say bracket <laughs> around him. Um, just, I think that's a fair request. There's a lot of ways – that you can fit bracket into sentences, but sometimes it's really hard. Well,
1: we can adapt that rule to the podcast if you want. No, like. it's tournament. I don't think so.
0: Okay, either way. Let, let's talk about the SEC tournament first. Uh, because Tennessee comes and plays really well against Mississippi State. And I don't really want to talk about the Mississippi State game because it meant absolutely nothing. Um, but I do like to talk about... Um, me having to delete my story with about two minutes left to making me very mad. So I'll talk, start with Tennessee and Kentucky. Um, and I'll let you talk about the basketball game and I'll just tell you about how my night went. How about that? Sounds good. Okay. You start. All right. Uh, we'll get the good out of the way first. Yeah, the
1: whole Reed Travis argument. Kind of went out the window. That was.
0: I will say this: I've seen Tennessee and Kentucky play twice. Obviously, he didn't play in the second time, but I was courtside for this game. It's a large human being.
1: Oh, he's a huge guy. Yeah, he's,
0: he's got shoulders. But like that was fits. kind of,
1: you know, not even among Kentucky fans. Among the media, that was kind of what everybody hung their head on: was Reed Travis didn't play in Knoxville and they got blown out. And Tennessee kind of came back and proved that whether you're at full strength or not, we are capable of competing. And I think that was really big for this stage in the year to pick up a, a victory of that magnitude. Now, I don't know if left them with a hangover. I don't know if they thought they won the tournament or if they just ran into a buzzsaw. We'll, we'll get to that the next day. But to to pick up a win over a team that was going to be a one seed. that was uh, Tennessee knocked them off of the one line and put themselves in the conversation to, to be a number one seed for the first time in history. This time of year, when you pick up wins like that, it's it's a confidence builder.
0: Yeah, I think it. I think it is one of those games where you look at it and you say, I, you know, when we're going to talk about the NCAA tournament here in a second. But I think that game is a lot of people are looking at that game and saying that's why Tennessee is a potential Final Four team. I think a lot of they are a really trendy pick to make the Final Four. And I don't really want to say trendy because the number five team in the country, it's not necessarily trendy. But I think a lot of people would say that they're probably they wouldn't be the favorites to get to the final four out of that region, but they are somehow. Um, And I think a a large part of that is that game. Uh, Just being able to not play well the second half, and when everybody thought the game was over, including me, and I'm going to get to it in a second, um, they they didn't die. They just kept fighting and uh, made some really big plays, whether it be Lamonte Turner's deflection at half court that leads to a turnover. Grant Williams is three, Admirals three, Lamontes three, really a barrage of threes. Um, you can go on and on. Jordan Bones free throws late. They made every winning play you needed to make in that game they made. And when you're talking about tournament time, those are the plays you need to make this time of year in March.
1: And it was, your, it was the guys that you would expect to step up and hit the shots. Schofield hits a, a long three with a hand in his face to kind of Make you think, okay, maybe this game isn't completely over yet. Uh, the best player in the conference hits a corner three, which isn't exactly his specialty, but knocks down a corner three to take the lead. And a guy who's known for hitting big shots hit a big shot. He told the uh, the TV after the game on the, the TV interview court side, he said, I'm a big shot maker. That's He's what I do. Maker. And he was, what, one for his last 19? 19 before he took that shot, but he took the shot. And what says a lot is that Admiral Schofield gave him the ball. When he kicked out, Schofield takes one dribble forward, gets by his man, and Tyler Hero reaches down from the top of the key. As soon as he sees the reach, he kicks out to Turner at the top of the key. Schofield knew Turner had been struggling. He knew he was – he probably did know he was one for his last 19, but he knew that, hey, this guy's not hitting a lot of shots right now. But he passed him the ball – and Turner takes it like he'd hit his last 19 shots. I mean, he he took it with all the confidence in the world, and it really carried over to the Auburn game. He was the only player in the Auburn game that kept on, you know, it had any kind of offensive rhythm. So if that shot kind of gets Lamonte Turner going, then this could be a different team in the postseason.
0: And the the reason why that Lamonte shot was so special to me is not because he was one of 19. I think that plays a large part of it. But he played so bad against Auburn in the regular season finale. Like he was Even in the Kentucky game. He had been awful against Kentucky. You, you up could up. really argue that he was the reason they lost that Auburn game. Um, for him to bounce back so quickly, play as good as he did against Mississippi State, I think he had six assists or something like that, played really good defense. I mean, he basically shut down the guard that he was up against the entire time. Um, I thought he still played good defense against Kentucky for the most part. His defense
1: um, has been pretty good all yeah. year.
0: Yeah. Um, Just for him to bounce back and realize that, okay, you know, my shot's not going in right now, but I need to affect the game in a different way. And he's doing it in every way he possibly can. I think that's really big for Tennessee. You know, I've made a lot about depth and issues, but if Lamonte's going to play that well, um, if Bowden's going to play as well as he did in the SEC Championship game, even though, you know, obviously what happened, happened, uh, you know, they're going to be fine. Especially now when you get some rest and in a region where you're going to play a lot of slow teams. We'll get to that. But. I thought that was a big shot and I mean Lamonte's always been the guy who has said I don't care if I make it or miss it I'm gonna look my teammates in the eyes after I shoot a shot like that and be willing to face the result of any whatever if it goes in or not Um, I think it takes a lot for a kid to always be willing to do that and always want that moment and so it hadn't been going in before I don't think he had a doubt that shot was going in Uh, Grant Williams said he didn't have a doubt it was going in he said he went to go box out looked up and realized it was going in, so he ran back on defense, which I think is maybe not the smartest thing. Yeah, I mean... but I mean, you know, if you be- if you believe in your teammate, you believe in your teammate, man.
1: They really needed that offensive board if that shot didn't come
0: in. <laughs> no, they lose the game if they don't get that offensive board. But I mean, oh, it is what it is. Call. That's just awful. Uh, we are watching uh, NC Central and North Dakota State as this podcast goes on, but uh, yeah, I mean. Super, super big shot by Lamonte Turner and one that I think Tennessee is going to need down the stretch and I think one that he's going to be willing to provide if it comes down to that.
1: Do you worry at all now that he hits the big shot, he hits a couple shots against Auburn, a couple nice contested threes, and now he gets a little excited? He maybe puts up some shots like he did at Auburn in the regular season finale?
0: See, it's tough. He is one of those guys. And I look at the LSU game, and the way he kind of closed that overtime game, shooting with four and a half seconds left. But Admiral Schofield made a great point after that game: of if that shot goes in, we're not sitting here talking about Lamonte taking an ill-advised shot with four and a half seconds left. We're talking about Lamonte Turner winning the game. Um, Lamonte's always going I know to know that I agree with that Lamonte's always continue. Lamonte's always going to be one of those guys. You know, he's always going to be one of those guys who believes that when he's shooting it, it goes in. I think, to your question, Tennessee's done a very good job after that Auburn game of corralling him in and making him understand hey, we need you to play a certain way. And it's okay if he shoots eight threes, as long as they're all within the flow of the offense, yeah, yeah. they're all good looks. And if they don't fall that way, that's fine. The problem is when Lamonte Turner takes three dribbles and says, time um, buckets up, and you can look at him the way he kind of
1: sizes up a defender and you say okay he's getting ready to take a three he's got that look he takes a couple crossover dribbles kind of has a little hesitation and then the shot's going up you can kind of tell when he he's excited and wants to force a shot and that's what he'd been doing in the couple games prior to the sec tournament all
0: right now about how my night went (laughs) taylor with about 11 minutes left
1: I'd like to point out this game started at 2 o'clock Central Time. Okay, but we... 3 o'clock Eastern Time.
0: All right, so here's the thing. This is m- completely my fault. Um, because me realizing Tennessee-Kentucky, you know, a lot of eyes on this game, you know, even around the nation, and me, you work for the Daily Times, not necessarily the most pro-internet publication. I don't think they'll be offended by me saying that.
1: That is factual.
0: Um, I made the call hey, when the game ends, I'm going to put a story up immediately at the buzzer. I'm going to try and get some bonus clicks here. Um, So with about 11 minutes left or whatever it was when Kentucky's pulling away, I started writing. game was over to me. And then it was definitely over when Keldon Johnson made an and-one with about two two minutes, 58 seconds left. That was ball game. Eight-point game, 2.58 left. Get your keyboards out, folks. It's time to start typing. And... Then Tyler Hero walks, and then Admiral Schofield hits a three. And then Lamonte Turner forces a turnover. And then Grant Williams ties the game with a three in the corner, a shot that I've never seen him make. He shot one the day before Mississippi State. It was an absolute brick. Um. Then Lamonte Turner hits a three. And I realized that about a minute left, well, once Grant hit that three, I had to delete my entire story. And <laughs> I realized that about a minute left, I texted Corey Repkin, our – or editor, and I said, this instant gamer isn't happening. But you know what, Taylor? Don't ever let things, you know, pull you away from what you believe in. I got that story in at the buzzer. Did it make a whole lot of sense? Was it cohesive? Not really. But I got it in.
1: What was your word count on that story?
0: Uh, strong 200. <laughs> I think that's pretty good for an instant gamer, though. Especially since I only had about 50 seconds to write it. I mean, that was pretty, pretty good. I don't have anything else to add. <laughs> You're not gonna shame me. No,
1: no, not really. I, I admire the uh, the instant gamer. Yeah,
0: and I mean, and you understand.
1: Yeah,
0: uh, the perils of it all.
1: But at the same time, you really weren't under any deadline stress to get that instant gamer in.
0: No, but I was trying. If you got the game, well, the thing in, about the tournament is you have to. Then, you got
1: it in five minutes after the buzzer, you
0: know. But you don't have the opportunity to do that because you go straight to the locker room.
1: Oh, It takes a while to open that locker room up. I mean,
0: it does, but I'm not standing in the hallway with my laptop out balancing my laptop on one arm. I'm trying to, you know.
1: I think we're back to our priorities talk. I guess. You easily could have just sat there and didn't even finished the story.
0: Well, I mean, I'm proud of myself that I got it in.
1: Yeah, it was a good job.
0: And you know what, Taylor? The next day, I didn't have to worry. I had yeah. plenty of time to write.
1: <laughs> Probably had that one done about the 10-minute mark of the uh, first half.
0: Yeah. And you know what? I will give Tennessee credit. Now, obviously, they get blown out by Auburn and... Like there's a eleven minute stretch where they make two buckets, they turn the ball over on six consecutive possessions.
1: I believe it was seven.
0: Uh, no, they so John Fulkerson got a shot blocked and then turned it over. So, t- but they got so the offense shot they, attempt and yeah. then an
1: offensive rebound and, and then, then
0: a new possession. So it was seven turnovers and eight possessions okay. technically. Much better. Um, they played absolutely horrible in that first half. I think, arguably, not only the worst half of basketball Tennessee has played all season, it might have been the worst half of basketball anybody has played all season. Boy, it was bad. I don't even know how to explain it. It was just poor. Uh, But I will give them credit for this. They tried to come back in the second half. They got avalanched by a a missile projectile of threes. The weird thing is
1: they played much better in the second half, but so did Auburn. Auburn played much better in the second half.
0: Well, here's the thing. I saw a lot of – you know, I follow a lot of people on Twitter and I saw a lot of Tennessee fans like, oh, you know, we turned the ball over 12 times or whatever it was. We're fine. It's going to be okay. If you play that bad in one half and you're only down nine points –
1: Yeah, I think everybody was probably thinking that.
0: I was not. I was thinking the exact opposite. Auburn had hit five threes in that first half. That's not Auburn's game. Auburn was going to start hitting shots. And it happened exactly the way I thought it would. Tennessee played much better in the second half. Auburn buried them.
1: Tennessee didn't start playing better until about that 10-minute mark of the second half.
0: I mean, they tried, though. They got it down to about 15 with about 10 minutes left. I looked over at Grant Ramey and said, not again. And then Auburn proceeded to hit three threes on three consecutive possessions.
1: Wide open, for the most part. Buried them. Yeah.
0: And, I mean, that's just the way the game went. I don't think there's yeah. really much to talk about in this game. It was just ugly.
1: Yeah, it was... You know, Auburn's defense was fine. It wasn't great, but it was a lot of Tennessee, you know, Admiral Schofield drives, draws three people to him and hits Fulkerson for a wide-open dunk. The ball hits Fulkerson in the stomach, and somehow he doesn't bend down to pick it up. I get that animation in 2K a lot. It's frustrating where your guy just won't pick up the ball. That's kind of what John Fulkerson looked like. He just would not bend down to pick up the ball, and that's, that's kind of how the game went. Tennessee would make good passes. And they weren't caught. They would try to dribble through four people, and they would lose the ball. It was, you know, Auburn played fine defensively, but I think the turnovers were, were a lot more on Tennessee than they were at Auburn.
0: I will say this I think so much was made about Tennessee, Kentucky, round three. You know, a big thing on Twitter was the championship game comes early, it's on Saturday. I think Tennessee came back in that game Saturday, won that game Saturday. And I think they just walked in Sunday expecting to be crowned SEC champion. Yeah,
1: I okay, think anybody would, anybody would agree with that.
0: And obviously, against a team like Auburn, who, who I've said repeatedly, is a tournament team. They're 10 deep, they shoot a lot of shots, uh, they get hot really easily, and they play pretty good defense consistently. You can't really do that against a team like that.
1: No, I agree. It, it does seem odd to me that a lot was also made about you haven't won the first SCC champ. You haven't won an SEC championship since 1979. You just lost a share of the SEC championship in Auburn a week ago. It seemed to me that if you played Auburn, you had a lot more motivation than say if Florida doesn't get robbed at the end of that game by the officials. Oh boy!
0: And. Poor Andrew Nemhard. I
1: mean that kid got his arm <laughs> ripped off of the basket
0: with a kid on his back like a backpack.
1: As he goes up down 3 for the game tying shot that he wasn't going to make. I mean that wasn't a makeable shot that he took.
0: That's why I never like I, I but, always I hate when broadcasters say you foul here. No, cuz if this guy gets a shot up and you foul him,
1: well, to be fair, Pearl told him to foul before he got to half court.
0: And then they fouled him. That, but, he said but,
1: he said in his post game, if they get to half court, leave him alone. Well, he got well past half-court, and he pulled up, and four different people fouled him.
0: <laughs> but that's the problem when you say that. It's so easy to get lost in when the coach says, foul him. Like You're not paying attention to where he is on the court, how much time is up, because you don't have eyes in the back of your head. You, know? you're just, you don't need eyes in the back of your head to look down and realize where he is. Uh, I know, but at the same time— In relation to the court. In, in that situation— there's so much going on and you're worried about so many different things that when a coach says foul here, the only thing in your head is I'm fouling him here. And if that guy gets to a spot where he realizes, oh, they're going to foul me, let me rise up here. You've now given a guy three free free throws to tie this game. That's why I hate when people say, oh, you foul him here. No, it doesn't work. And in It's one of those things that in theory, it's great. You give up two free throws and you win the game because you're up three. In practice, it's an absolute disaster and I don't know how Florida didn't get those free throws at the end.
1: I like fouling at the end of the game, personally, if you're up three. Have you
0: ever seen it work?
1: Yeah, I've seen it work several times. It worked in Rupp last year when Tennessee won that game. They fouled at the end of the game, got the rebound on the intentional miss, and won in Rupp for the first time in 10, 11 years.
0: Okay. I'm not but a fan of it. It's tough.
1: That That's not the problem in that situation is Auburn fouling. It's the fact that the foul <laughs> wasn't called. That's... That's absurd. I mean, you just absolutely cannot have that happen. I don't know if he makes all three free throws. Maybe he goes up and he misses all three. Maybe he chokes horribly. I don't know, but you can't have a kid's arm ripped away from the ball as he goes up and the official right there just say, eh. It's not one of those. Let him well, play. <laughs> it's the end of the game. I don't want to make a call at the end of the game because he kind of grazed him on the wrist. It's it's not one of those. It's you got to make a call. But that's beside the point. I forgot why we were talking about. Uh, Oh, you
0: were talking about Auburn.
1: Yeah, I mean Tennessee to me had more motivation to beat Auburn than they would have Florida or if you know South Carolina gets hot and comes out of that region. It it made a lot more sense to me that that you come out energized against that Auburn team, and I was a little surprised they not that they were flat, but they they were as flat as they were.
0: I mean, I don't put much stock in that just because again, it's, a, it's their third game in third days, and you can make the argument, oh, well, Auburn was playing their fourth game in fourth days. Yeah, but Auburn plays ten guys, and eight of them or nine of them average double-digit minutes. They're really tough to beat in a tournament like that because they are still fresh. Tennessee doesn't have that. They're playing six guys plus half of Fulkerson, basically. and You just hope it's a good half of Fulkerson and not a bad half of John Fulkerson. Um,
1: it was a bad half of John Fulkerson on Auburn. Sunday. Yeah, it was.
0: But... I, it's it's really tough to play Auburn in that situation when you, you even though you've played one less game you're more tired than they are, and I think the whole nobody remembers that they didn't win the SEC championship game. Nobody remembers they don't win the regular season title if they go out and, and perform well in this NCAA tournament.
1: Yeah, and if and it's the same thing, if they would have won the SEC cha- uh, championship regular season or they would have won the SEC tournament, but they get bounced by Cincinnati on Sunday. Nobody remembers that you you're won real, the SEC tournament. You're really yes. counting the Hawkeyes out there. I am, yeah. I think Iowa gets boat raced.
0: <laughs> That's unfortunate.
1: But at the end of the day, this, this team was always about what you did in in the big tournament. All
0: right, we're going to talk about some NCAA tournament first here, Taylor. But first, I forgot the biggest part of that tournament uh, that we didn't talk about yet. Did you attend Robert Ward's funeral?
1: you asking if I was there on Friday?
0: No. no. Did you attend Robert Woodard's funeral on Monday after they had to bury him in the ground after Admiral left him there? I did not. I oh, okay. did not attend the funeral. Uh, I was,
1: thought you were going to bring up the fact that they have uh, Sunkist everywhere at the SEC tournament. Because that's by far the most intriguing thing about the SEC tournament.
0: No, the most intriguing thing about the SEC tournament was Robert Woodard getting put into a body bag on the court. It was a great dunk. Leaving the body bag there. It's not as good as Sunkist. <laughs> I don't like Sunkist.
1: Why would you not like a Sunkist?
0: They have Dr Pepper though, which makes me very happy. That's all
1: they have is is Dr Pepper, Sunkist, and water.
0: Yes. Which is well, no, Probably. they should have Seven Up. They got rid of the Seven Up.
1: We've never had Seven Up.
0: But it's the same company, is it not? So they should have Seven Up.
1: Now Dr Pepper's its own thing. Oh, you're right. Yeah, I don't know how Sunkist fits into that at all. Maybe Sunkist is its own thing. I have no idea, but I know Dr Pepper's its own mm. thing.
0: I will say this, and this is really off the wall. The SEC tournament has some of the best lemon bars I've ever had in my life. I must have had, and I kid you not, at least 25 lemon bars over the weekend.
1: The food at the <laughs> SEC tournament is fantastic. Did they do breakfast on a Saturday and Sunday? Yes. Yeah, the breakfast is phenomenal. They had phenomenal.
0: a banana walnut French toast. Oh, that's nice. It was delicious. But I was there for the lemon bars. So I'm being completely honest. Um I realized Sunday that it was my last time that I was going to get the lemon bars. I ate nine of them.
1: <laughs> you think that's a lemon bar record?
0: Um, that would be tough to tell. I do own a lot of dessert-related records. When it comes to press boxes, um, for those who don't know, I hold the Neyland Stadium press box for most ice creams eaten.
1: Is that an official record?
0: I think it should be.
1: Is that a? I bet nobody's ate this many ice creams before. I had eleven. Oh, yeah, it's unnecessary.
0: I think it's a record. <laughs>
1: Is it true that they locked the ice cream cooler?
0: So I went to try and – so my record was 10. I have since broken the record to 11 the last time I covered a game. Uh, But my record was 10, and I had gotten to 10 in the third quarter. I was on a profound pace uh, that probably has never been seen in the likes of ice cream eating while covering a game. Um, And I went midway through the third quarter, and they locked the ice cream cooler. (laughs) With me at tying my record with a quarter and a half to go. I was going I might have gotten to like sixteen. I mean the record might be so far out of reach that it's like like nobody's ever gonna reach Barry Bonds' home run total of it again. It would have been the Joe DiMaggio hit streak of ice cream eating in a press box.
1: The question <laughs> the question you have to ask here is what kind of ice creams were you eating? Because there's a huge variety in okay, that peanut so press box. Are you eating push pops? Are you just living off push pops? Are you eating some of the heartier sandwiches? So
0: the first time I did it, when I first achieved double digits, I did do mainly push pops. Um, see,
1: there's got to be an To which a lot
0: of people called a farce. Right. And yeah. so when I came back and did double digits again, they put me on a strict three push pop limit. So I had three push pops, but then I had seven other ice creams. I hit them with a few uh, Choco Tacos. Um, a few M M&M and M ice cream sandwiches. Yeah, I think you
1: should have been limited solely to the M M&M and M ice cream sandwiches because that's one of the denser ice creams they have in that press box. Two or
0: three.
1: I think it should have been how many M M&M and M ice cream sandwiches can you put down? I
0: mean, I would have. I'd still own the record. I love ice cream. I absolutely love ice cream. <laughs> Chips causing all <laughs> sorts of commotion by the door. The cat obviously
1: <laughs> agrees with your ice cream opinion.
0: Um. Okay. You want to talk to the NCAA tournament now? All right, Let's do it. Third time in program history. Okay, let Chip out first. Uh, It's the third time in program history that Tennessee is a two seed in the tournament, uh, and they'll face 15 seed Colgate. Uh, Taylor, I'm going to start by asking you: What are the odds that Colgate upsets the Vols in the first round?
1: If you're putting it at a percentage, I would put it at around four.
0: I'll put it at zero.
1: Four percent. Colgate's not a bad team as far as toothpaste related teams go.
0: Anytime your best player's last name is. Anytime your best player's name is Rapulas Ivonikis. I'm not buying it. I've I'm, I'm never been a huge fan of the European basketball players. I think they're all very overrated. Uh, Porzingis, overrated. Uh, I do like Luca. He's about the only one that I like. Uh, and Dirk. So there are two. And there have been. Hundreds of european basketball players that have become very popular in my lifetime and i don't think any of them are particularly very good um and so you know no disrespect to roppelos ivonicus or whatever his <laughs> name is i just don't i don't see it
1: no it, it's not gonna happen but if you are looking for a storyline as to why this game could be interesting it's that colgate can absolutely shoot the lights out from three and if, because they let them get going
0: related to the Colgate toothpaste family
1: I don't think that's much of a storyline there I think most people use crest I don't think there's a whole lot of Colgate people out there
0: how many uh media questions do you think Tennessee players will field Thursday about whether they use Crest toothpaste
1: I would I would put the over under at one and a half
0: I think the, I think the over hits. I'm not sure
1: you're hitting the over I don't I don't know, there's a whole lot of... Where where do you go after the first question? I'll report back to you. If you're asking each individual player one question, that's different. But if you're talking about how many variations of that question, I don't know what else you ask after that.
0: What's your favorite Crest toothpaste?
1: I don't think anybody has a favorite toothpaste. I think You just kind of buy the one you've always bought because that's the one you've always had. Nobody's out here going through all the different (laughs) types of toothpaste before buying new toothpaste. If you do that, just pick the cheapest toothpaste. It's all the
0: same. All right, so on a serious note, you're saying that Colgate can shoot.
1: Yeah, Colgate can shoot the ball. Uh, They've won something stupid in a row, like 11 in a row or something like that. Yeah,
0: I think it's 11.
1: Yeah, they they got hot at the end of the season. Uh, Going through their schedule, they haven't... Fared well against any of the non-Patriot League-level teams they've played. Uh, Got run out the gym by a couple ACC teams, I think, a couple Big Ten teams, neither of which were particularly good. I think Pitt and Penn State both handled them pretty easy. So if you're looking for some kind of storyline here, yeah, maybe Colgate gets hot from three and it's fun for a while. But at the end of the day, no team from the Patriot League will be able to stop Grant Williams or Admiral Schofield going to the basket.
0: Okay, Uh, Here's why I put the chance at 0.0%, and it's because you could say a lot of things about Tennessee. You could say that they're not the deepest team in the tournament. I would agree with you. You could say they're maybe not the most consistent defensive team in the tournament. I'd probably agree with you, but there is one thing I know for certain about this Tennessee team is that they have absolutely decimated bad opponents this year. Teams that are not on their level – there are a lot of teams in this country, a lot of good teams in this country, that when they play inferior opponents, they play down to the level of their inferior opponent. Tennessee does not do that. They stomp a mud hole in inferior opponents, and I think that's what's going to happen Friday.
1: Yeah, I agree. I, mean, I don't see any way Colgate keeps this within you know, 15 points.
0: And then there's the big controversy of well, You're saying Cincinnati is going to beat Iowa I too believe Cincinnati is going to beat Iowa Iowa's awful
1: <laughs> That Iowa team is horrible
0: You don't like any team that fields more than Four white guys at the same time They got time. beat
1: by 20 by Rutgers the other day That team limped to the finish line Fran McCaffrey's more worried About chasing officials down that tunnel Than he is coaching his team
0: Those are the types of teams that are dangerous though They have fire I don't think
1: so there's a, there's a chance that they can beat Cincinnati and Fran McCaffrey suspended for the next game. <laughs> All like right. Any team that gets beat by 20 to Rutgers.
0: Rutgers might have some good. talent. Who's better, Colgate or Rutgers?
1: Probably Colgate.
0: Okay. Just hoping I could get you there. <laughs> you didn't fall for it. Uh, so here's the question then. What are your thoughts on Cincinnati playing in Ohio despite being a seven seed despite the rules clearly saying that no one through four seed should be at a home field disadvantage in the opening pod.
1: Yeah, I think it's dumb.
0: Okay.
1: I mean, especially you can make arguments for a lot of seeds if, you know, maybe if it's a four seed, but when you get past a five seed, those teams haven't done enough. And you can make an argument maybe Cincinnati should be a five seed. You know, seven does seem a little low for the team that's been as good this year. As Cincinnati has
0: just beat Houston in the yeah. AC tournament.
1: But if you if you're a seven seed and the committee deems, hey, what you've done here is good enough to be a seven seed, you have no business playing within two hours of your your home city. I mean, that's that's kind of a joke. And the whole it needs to be looked at the whole geography thing. Yeah I get that Tennessee's closest game, uh, closest pod is Columbus, but hey if you're putting Cincinnati there, maybe give don't put Tennessee at a disadvantage as far as geography. You're trying to give them their best matchup and I get that, but at the same time you put them at a disadvantage. And I would argue more not to put Cincinnati in Columbus than I would not to put Tennessee in Columbus, but it, to me it's kind of an unfair draw for Tennessee.
0: Just looking at this bracket, do you feel like it is one of the worst kind of placed brackets, like the way they sorted the bracket out in a very long time? Like Michigan State being the two with Duke, uh, where obviously that's where Michigan should have been and Michigan State yeah. probably should have been the two with Gonzaga. uh I think there are just a lot of things like that in this bracket that I don't necessarily know what this committee was doing.
1: And if I remember right, I think if Purdue and Villanova both win, Purdue, the three seed, is going to have to play Villanova in Hartford, Connecticut, which is you know decently close to uh, Philadelphia, yeah. a lot, lot closer than West Lafayette, Indiana would be to. Uh,
0: yeah, to well, Hartford, I think there are a, a few of those situations in this tournament that I just like is like, what were you? What are you thinking?
1: I I just think the committee needs to start looking more at matchups than they do geography. Because Washington, D.C., which is Michigan State's region, may be closer to East Lansing than Anaheim, California is, but it's not next door. It's not like you put Michigan State in Detroit with Duke and you're saying, yeah, we didn't give you a great matchup, but we gave you great geography. You know, you didn't do them any favors by putting them in Washington, D.C., So maybe, I don't know if you maybe include the teams. You you call Tom Izzo and say, hey, this is what we're at with the bracket. You have priority here. Would you rather be matched up with Gonzaga in the West or be a little closer and be matched up with Duke in the East? Because I'm willing to bet a lot of money. Tom Izzo says, send us out West. We'll take our chances with Gonzaga.
0: All right, so here's the question. We're going to ask a few questions here to close out this podcast, some NCAA tournament rapid-fire-related questions. We'll start with, how far does Tennessee go in the NCAA tournament?
1: I really think that game with Cincinnati is their toughest game. Maybe in the region. I don't, Virginia's probably a little tougher. But I think if they get out of Cincinnati, then they're getting to at least the Elite Eight. And I really think they match up pretty well with Virginia. So I, I think they get to at least the Elite Eight, and it wouldn't surprise me at all if they got to the Final Four.
0: Currently, I have them going to the Final Four. You had asked me a week ago I probably would have told you they were going to lose on the Sweet 16 uh, and then this bracket came out funny story about the bracket coming out uh, we were in Bridgestone Arena and we were like we asked every worker there can we put on a game we have all those TVs in the media worker can mm-hmm. you put the selection show on so we can watch it they all said no <laughs> we can't We instead we have to put up this preview banner of the Predators and the Maple Leafs <laughs> which wasn't starting until the next day um, it's a big game not as important as the selection show for the media that are currently working in the arena So might not be a
1: big game I couldn't tell uh,
0: Grant scoured the entire arena and found the officials room that was unlocked and so all the media members that were still there waiting to watch the selection show got into the officials room which still had a loaded fridge and <laughs> snacks and watched the selection show from the Bridgestone Arena officials room, great time Good stuff. Sounds fun. Yeah, um, and I, I so like again. I have them going to the Final Four currently. Um, a week ago, I didn't believe that, but just looking at this bracket right now, it's it's the exact bracket Tennessee kind of needed to get that far. Uh, I'm the guy who has put up seven, eight, nine, ten red flags around Tennessee's team in regards to their depth, not having enough guys to play in a tournament situation, and understanding that you can easily wear down Tennessee in this time of the year. And they drew a bunch of teams who dribbled the ball into the ether. And that's not the way you need to play against Tennessee. You really need to get up and down against them, try and wear them down. Because if you look at that Auburn game at the end of the first half, I think they were visibly worn down and they turned the ball over. They didn't even know what jersey they were wearing. They were just throwing it to whatever guy was closest to them. Um, Against a bunch of teams... That like to play slow and methodical, I think that's kind of plays to Tennessee's advantage, and I think that's why they get to the final four.
1: Yeah, and Tennessee isn't the fastest team in the world, but they're not the slowest. I think they're around like 150 in tempo, which is right around the halfway mark, but most of the teams they're going to match up with were in the 300s. Virginia is literally last in tempo, and it's just hard to win. Big time tournament games playing that style of basketball. So I, I do think that helps. And the one team that you look at before you get to Virginia and say, well, hey, what if Carson Edwards gets absolutely red hot? One, I'm not sure they get past Villanova.
0: I don't have them getting past Villanova.
1: And two, he's been battling some back trouble here recently. He's been, I read today, he's shooting like 21% from three over the last month of the season. So the one guy that you look at in the bracket and say, well, Purdue's not great, but yeah, Carson Edwards could just catch fire and take him to the Elite Eight. He's not quite as big a threat now as he was either. So I really think the bottom half of the bracket, other than having to play in Columbus, sets up pretty well.
0: I also never like teams like that in the NCAA tournament because it's so easy for coaches just to say, hey, we'll let that guy score 40. And we'll just take everybody else away from them. And cool. You scored 40 points and your team scored 47. Awesome, dude. You lost. Go home.
1: Uh, see, those are the teams that scare me the most in those early rounds. Is the one, like a St. John's who's going to play here in a minute that's got Shamori Ponds or someone like that who can put up for it. If you score 40 in an NCAA tournament game, your team's not losing.
0: Okay. Next question. Your favorite first day, ma- first round matchup?
1: Oh, she told me that. I could have had a bracket pulled up or something. My favorite first. First day or first, first round.
0: round? So Thursday and Friday. I'll start with mine while you the, look.
1: I mean, the easy answer I feel like is Marquette and Murray.
0: That name. was that's my answer. Just
1: because you have the Marcus Howard.
0: I'm here for Marcus Howard, John Morant.
1: John Morant matchup, but
0: you could you could shoot that into my veins right now. I want to watch that game. I want to I want that to be a best of three. <laughs> Can they make that a best of three? I want the best point guards in the country. Who are the best scoring point guards in the country, just doing scoring point guard things, and nobody gives a darn about who else happens.
1: But there are some fun matchups. You look at I think Florida and Nevada is gonna be a really fun matchup. Um all the eight nine games are gonna be entertaining. And really I'm excited to see Wafford play. I haven't watched Wafford at all this year. The Southern League gets very a very little tough TV draw. time.
0: Hall, I, think, I think Seton Hall is pretty good.
1: Yeah, I, I like Seton Hall. I picked Seton Hall in that game.
0: I picked Walford. But...
1: but I am excited to watch Walford play. You don't get to see any of these teams. We've heard about Walford all year. Their net rankings in the top 20. Everybody's excited about what Walford has done. But I haven't seen them play. I know they can absolutely shoot the lights out. And that's one I'm really excited to watch.
0: All right. Last question uh, Final Four and National Champion. My
1: Final Four. I'm taking Duke out of the East. Boo. I have, I will say that is the one two seed that I, I would be a little worried about playing right now if I was Duke. I wouldn't want to play Michigan State. Good. But uh, I'm taking Texas Tech out of the West, mostly because I don't think Michigan's very good. And Gonzaga always worries me. I know they they always make it to the Sweet Sixteens, like their fourth or fifth Sweet Sixteen, straight Sweet Sixteen, is what they're going for. But Gonzaga does worry me, not having played anybody at all for the last.
0: We're in the national championship game two know, years ago.
1: I know, but it, it is kind of worrisome to run through Pepperdine.
0: I think if you're good, you're good.
1: Maybe, but I've got Texas Tech coming out of that. Um, I've got I, I had Kentucky. Uh, we, I think we saw a while ago. PJ Washington is okay. There were some questions earlier in the week about him walking around in a boot. What would he do? If they're healthy, I've got Kentucky coming out of the Midwest. And I keep going back and forth on Virginia and Tennessee in the east. And right now I'm going to stick with Virginia. The south, sorry. And right now I'm going to stick with Virginia there. Um, I've got Kentucky over Virginia and Duke over Texas Tech and Duke winning the
0: title. That's a really impressive way to go over 4. (laughs) That's that's stunning (laughs) that is that's really tremendous all right in the east check it off michigan state's coming out of there actually the east is tough i've juggled not with duke duke's definitely losing in the elite eight i've juggled between whether i think lsu or michigan state's going to win in the elite eight and go to the final four
1: lsu's got a very difficult matchup tomorrow they might want to get past yale
0: LSU is one of those teams that could either lose tomorrow or get to the Final Four. And the reason why I'm not picking them to go to the Final Four is because I'm playing in a bracket pool for money. You think you have to try and minimize risk in those things. I'm not buying it. No head coach. At some point, that's going to come back to buy. They could lose Javante Smart at any point. You, you just minimize the risk. So I'm going Michigan State out of the East. Uh, in the West, another one that I'm having a lot of problems with. Right now, I'm saying Gonzaga, but don't quote me on that because I might still switch it to Florida State. Uh, I really do like the Seminoles and the way they play basketball. Um, Out of the South, I got Tennessee coming out, like I've said. Um, And in the Midwest, I have North Carolina. North Carolina beats Tennessee. Michigan State beats – no, Gonzaga beats Michigan State. North Carolina beats Gonzaga in a rematch of the 2017 National Championship. The same result. North Carolina hangs up its second banner in in three years.
1: I'm worried about North Carolina's post play.
0: You know, I don't. I'm not worried about it at all. They have Kennedy Williams.
1: I'm worried about North Carolina's post play.
0: <laughs> they have. Some that's the-, the
1: one. I, I like North Carolina. I think North Carolina would beat whoever comes out of the uh, the South. But against Kentucky, if you've got a healthy PJ Washington and a healthy Reed Travis, that's what worries me about North Carolina.
0: You can give me Nasir Little and, and Kobe White. And, Nasir Little's awful. And Leaky Black, that's a good basketball Kobe team. White's
1: fantastic. He's, he's as much fun to watch as anybody I don't know why ever.
0: you say Nasir Little's bad.
1: Because he's not good.
0: He looks like he should be good. I mean,
1: yeah, he does. <laughs> he's not.
0: He's not good at shooting. I think he's good at everything else. I think he's a good defender. I think
1: he's an awful defender.
0: Gets to the rack a little bit.
1: I've seen him dribble maybe three times in the entire time I've watched I think he's a good player. I think you're reeling at this point. <laughs> I think
0: Nasir Little's a really good basketball player. I think he'll but get I,
1: drafted way too high because he does look like he should be good. But I
0: love Kobe White's game. Yeah, Kobe White's I fantastic. love Leaky Black's game.
1: Cam Johnson's the best player on that
0: team. I like Cam Johnson's game. And I really love Seventh Woods. Gritty point guard.
1: I think you just like him because his name is Seventh Woods. I mean, I do. I couldn't tell you anything he's done
0: this season. He's gritty. He's not gonna score you a lot of points. He's a very good gritty is what you use to describe bad players. He's a very he's it takes great command of the offense when he's in point guard.
1: It doesn't sound like he's very good just based on that description. A those, lot of those are all the things you say a about A lot bad of bad basketball, basketball player descriptions right there.
0: There was a coach's son description?
1: <laughs> yep. That's a nice white kid who's <laughs> gonna dive on the floor for loose balls and give you maybe three, four good minutes. I
0: think I just ice. described John Fulkerson without <laughs> master of the tip in. Which is the only other thing Fulkerson adds to the resume. All right. I think that's all we got.
1: You want to talk about Lady
0: Vols? Oh. We can talk about the Lady Vols. That's a great question. What are your thoughts on leaked brackets?
1: I think it was just funny because didn't ESPN leak its own bracket? Yeah. They
0: meant to put the men's bracket on the side while they were re-running the tournament challenge like, post-show, right. and they posted the women's bracket instead of the men's bracket. I
1: think it's hilarious, personally. That person
0: got fired. Did they? I would. Ha- I don't know officially, Taylor, but I would have to imagine that person doesn't work at ESPN anymore.
1: It's the women's tournament.
0: It, it, they don't work at ESPN anymore. They are currently on Indeed looking for a new job.
1: No, I, I think it's hilarious, personally. It's Because it's not the same situation where the men's bracket was leaked a few years ago, where somebody just got a hold of the bracket and put it all over twitter and it blew up this was just somebody who hit the wrong button that's just i think
0: that's worse no, double, it might be worse double check funny. your button press please
1: it's much funnier that, that clearly
0: than... says women's instead of men
1: we've all hit the wrong button before
0: not in a situation that makes me and that much fair, i don't
1: think the entire bracket got up i think it was just three regions i think the fourth region was still a surprise.
0: No, because the Lady Falls were in the fourth region that hadn't been shown on TV, but everybody knew they had gotten in. I think it had cycled through once, oh, maybe they had. and the problem was that nobody went back and got it. Because yeah, personally,
1: I don't care. <laughs> the question is, should Tennessee have gotten in the NCAA tournament?
0: Uh, yeah, I think they I should think so. have. I mean, not really, but I'm going to say yes. <laughs> I don't know why anybody thinks they should have gotten in the tournament, but I mean, they're Tennessee. And yeah. so that's my answer for yes. Is there Tennessee, if they did enough to get in the tournament, they were going to get in the tournament. And also look at the teams that they're on the bubble with. I, I don't necessarily like people saying it's a bad bubble, it's a good bubble, because that's why it's the bubble. I always do take the Jerry Palm uh, you know, stance on that, like it's the bubble because it's the bubble. But, boy, there were some bad teams in contention for those last spots. So Tennessee is going to get one on their name. So, no, I'm not surprised. No, I'm not
1: surprised either, but I don't think they did enough to get
0: I'll it. i will be surprised if they win.
1: It wouldn't shock me if they beat you. No, they're going down. That seems like something Holly Warlick's team would do.
0: No, they're going big L.
1: <laughs> but you have to lose in one of the first two, because if you don't, you play Connecticut in the Sweet 16. Nice. You don't want to play Connecticut in the Sweet Six.
0: Connecticut's a little down this year.
1: <laughs> they lost two games.
0: They're a little down.
1: Well, I guess that is two more than they,
0: they usually, usually lose. lose so they're a little day. bit down this year. They're a two seed. When is UConn ever a two seed?
1: If I'm Holly and I accidentally beat UCLA.
0: You're purposely losing. I'm
1: throwing. You don't have to throw the game against Maryland. Maryland's going to beat them by 15, 20 points regardless. But if I do end up in a close game somehow, I'm putting the clipboard down, I'm walking to the locker room, I'm pulling them off the floor. I don't want to play Connecticut.
0: Minnesota. I think you want to play Connecticut. If you beat them, you're back. What good does you get a big extension if you're Holly Warlick? What good is getting beat
1: by 45 points by uh, the you most hated coach? You,
0: by, you in don't your know. State. You don't know. You play to win the game, Taylor. You play to avoid Connecticut. I mean, it doesn't matter. Tennessee's losing to UCLA. UCLA is a better team. They've played like 15 games against NCAA tournament teams. They're ready for this. Tennessee is bad.
1: They wouldn't shock me to see Tennessee beat It would
0: completely shock me. Absolutely stun me if Tennessee won this game. They're horrible. They're not good. There's no way they win this game. I would bet a lot of money on it. I don't have a lot of money, but I would if I did.
1: You can bet money on these games.
0: You could, but it's not smart to bet money you don't have. That's how some guy pulls up in a limo next to you and breaks your arm and tells you you have 24 hours to pay, or he's going to snap the other one too.
1: I think it's a competitive game. I don't know that For the one league, half maybe, but I think I think it's down to the wire.
0: I'm not buying it. I guess we could talk Tennessee baseball. You don't want to talk Tennessee baseball? And they just got swept by Auburn. Some of the shine. All right, so I am going to, going to talk about Tennessee apple. baseball. Why do people act like getting swept by Auburn's a bad thing? Because it's the first real team you've okay. played. Well, that's not true. Fresno State's sweat. receiving votes in the top 25. They're pretty high up in that receiving votes thing, and they took two of three from them.
1: But that doesn't carry the same name as an SEC. Auburn yes,
0: obviously, because the SEC is the best baseball conference in the league, yes. and Auburn is one of the best teams in that conference. They have two first-round picks who, yes, nobody came into the season thinking Tennessee baseball is going to hit 70 home runs and score seven runs a game. They're going to lean on their pitching, which is great, against teams that are SEC-hitting teams like your arkansas and stuff like that i think they're actually going to fare really well against those teams tennessee is really going to struggle against teams like auburn who are throwing out two major league prospects
1: yeah but the problem is a lot of teams in the sec throw out two major league prospects. i
0: agree the problem is with that though is tennessee only needs to go 500 in sec to make the regional they only need to win 15 games well they're 0 and three right now against three against you the really games. need
1: to take two of three from south carolina this weekend or you've i think it's you very, think it's very possible they
0: could May, take two though. of three
1: And they're going to make it to Hoover. I mean, they're going to be better than one team. They're going
0: to be better than Alabama, I'm sure of it. They'll be better
1: than one team They'll snap
0: that drought, and then what?
1: I don't know.
0: And then you have a chance to get to a regional. Which, if you had, one, if you had told me that Tennessee even had a chance at making a regional this year, it's a a successful season. They even have an opportunity to get there. And there's, right now, starting SEC play with everybody saying, well, they only got to win 15 games to get there. To me, it's already a successful season.
1: But it's to have the kind of performance you had, where you don't score in game one.
0: But everybody knew it was coming.
1: You, in game two, you score one run, and it's off a solo home run. So you don't string anything so, together. Saw today.
0: that coming.
1: You have to have some kind of offense. And then they you played to, better you know, like, in third the
0: third game. Pitching. They played better in the third game when they weren't playing the two major league prospects. Like yes, you would like to hold on to that lead and win that third game. But the fact of the matter, that's what it's going to be. If they're playing a really good pitcher, they're going to lose. And in every other game, they're going to have a chance.
1: You also now have you have to have some questions about their their ability in the field at this point. The first three runs they gave up of the series were unearned runs. So if you're going to have great pitchers, but nobody behind them is going to make plays, I mean, there's I think some problems came up from this weekend.
0: I mean, I guess you sound like me. You're just hitting the panic button a little too early for I'm not. my liking.
1: Panicking, I don't think they're good enough for anybody to have a panic button. I and you have to, to be. be a certain level of good Look, to even have a. I
0: want to, to clarify post. this. I think they have a chance to get to the regional, and if they get there, they're not getting to the super regional.
1: If they get to a regional, Vitalo deserves an extension and a raise easily.
0: I think if he gets to the regional, he'll win SEC Coach of the Year. He probably un- should unanimously.
1: I mean, if they to to get this program back to a regional will be a huge step, but there's obviously a long ways to go there.
0: Yeah, I mean, they have what. Twenty-seven more conference games. They probably have to go fifteen and twelve in those conference games. So you have to set yourself behind the eight ball a little bit.
1: You needed to take one. I think even if you just take one from Auburn, I
0: think they should have won Sunday. Better.
1: I mean, you needed
0: the bullpen. A win there. The bullpen collapsed Sunday, but they did bounce back against ETSU at Johnson City.
1: Yeah, I mean, anytime you go on the road, it's, it's a good win.
0: That's an, that's an RPI booster. Yeah, it's not bad. So I got Lady Vol Lady Vols softball's playing well.
1: Oh yeah, they're just good that's what we got they're just good
0: they're always good yeah. they always will be good it's way it goes all right that's all we got for you guys this week i hope you enjoyed our ncaa tournament breakdown um and like i said hopefully in a few weeks you we can get back to uh talking some prep sports here but we're gonna let our, our minds settle and really really dig into the information that this early spring season presents and and come back to you guys with some hard-hitting podcasting uh, as always, make sure to follow us on Twitter at 2bbluntpod. And if you have any questions, comments, or concerns about the podcast, make sure to email us at 2bbluntpod at gmail.com. Uh, follow us on SoundCloud, and make sure to rate, review, and subscribe the podcast on iTunes. Uh, I think that's all, right? That's all of our rundown stuff?
1: Yeah.
0: iTunes, SoundCloud, Twitter, and email
1: cause yeah, so we tried to get on
0: Spotify for a while. It didn't, didn't work. work. So we don't have Spotify. Sorry, guys. It's been two weeks. I'm trying to remember how this whole situation goes. We didn't bring up a prep sheet or anything. We just winged it. I no, thought we did pretty good wung for it? a while. I think it's winged it. I like wing it better. Okay. Well, I think we did a pretty good job winging it.
1: We, we got a lot longer than I thought. Yeah. I expected to eat my tacos much sooner than this.
0: We're an impressive group, Taylor. All right. That's all we got for you guys. See you all next week. Deuces.